your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can also find me as the host of Leafs Lunch from Monday to Friday, noon till 1 on TSN 1050. Also hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked on Leafs. If you like what you're here today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. And make us your first listen of the day. Locked on Leafs can be found wherever you get your podcast from. Make Locked on Leafs your first listen and a daily listen. A uh, couple of things that we got to get to for today's show. The Maple Leafs are on an off day, second straight off day, coming off the game against the New York Islanders. They're en route, currently in California. They've got a sweet three-game stretch coming up against the San Jose Sharks, the LA Kings, and the Anaheim Ducks. They've got the LA Kings tomorrow, in which uh, I've recorded a a post uh, a crossover show, actually, with Sarah Avampato from LA, uh, so we'll... we'll play that for you guys tomorrow as the pregame show as part of the pregame show at least so make sure that you you do download the podcast so that you get that directly to your phone tomorrow to tee up for the LA game um but uh yeah then we're in San Jose on Friday then they're in Anaheim on Sunday so couple of things. We are currently now at the quarterway mark of the season for the Maple Leafs. 20 games in, sitting second in the Atlantic, uh, fifth overall in the NHL, and looking pretty good. Things are looking pretty good. up uh, On the up and up, I would say. They've got the third-ranked penalty kill, the seventh-ranked power play. Uh, it, it's not as doom and gloom as it was, you know, through the first seven or eight games of the season where it was almost like we were ready to fire Sheldon Keefe, trade Mitch Marner, this, that, and the other. But things have settled since, and uh, the teams won 11 of their last 13 games. Things are looking pretty, pretty good for Toronto. Um, So what we're going to be chatting about today, uh, we're just going to be chatting a little bit about, you know, the season and the upcoming road trip and a couple of things that I'd like to see out of this road trip, and just some some overall news and notes type of stuff. But we're also going to do overreaction or proper reaction, and we're going to do that in the next segment where we take a look. I've got three kind of reactions that that I have or that people have about this team so far through the quarter mark, and I'm going to decipher whether it is a proper reaction or an overreaction and explain why I believe that is so. And I got a couple of listener questions in here. I, I was uh, I, I sent out a tweet uh, the other day on the show page where I asked for listener questions. A couple of you guys did uh, did get back to me with some questions. So going to answer some listener cues as well on this Twitter Tuesday, and uh, that should pretty well take us uh, take us to the end of the show. So let's get back into this California road trip. So like I said, tomorrow night they're going to be in L.A. It's going to be a 10 o'clock start, and uh, yeah, we're all going to have to stay up late, folks. Or if you don't want to stay up late, I will have the 
pre the post game show ready for you um you know and you can listen to that the, the following day i suppose and i can alert you and let you know exactly what went down in the game but uh so yeah the game against la and it seems like Kyle Clifford is going to play the maple leafs have just announced that they have called him up and he's currently in los angeles so Kyle Clifford the uh the newcomer to the team they traded for him about a week ago for it was just future considerations. I don't think they really gave anything up, but he went down to the minors for really just a, I don't even know if he ended up playing a game. He was there for like a couple of days and then called up by the Maple Leafs. He's out on the road trip. And the question now is like, who comes out, right? Like who is going to come out? Is it, is it, is it going to be Nick Ritchie perhaps? Maybe, maybe Pierre Engvall. Um, does Wayne Simmons find his way out of the lineup again? You know, that's the question now that remains. If Kyle Clifford is going to go in for this game against LA, a team in which, you know, he's going to have some money on the board for, obviously a team that he, he won a couple of cups with and a team that traded him to Toronto a couple of years ago, along with Jack Campbell, he's going to be ready to go for this game and he's going to want to play. And I think Toronto wants to get him into it. That was something that if you guys recall a couple of years ago, when Sheldon Keefe first got to Toronto, something that he was very keen on doing was, was doing nice things for players such as playing them and starting them, um, you know, in their home games or uh, in their home arenas with fans and friends and, and, and family in the stands. Uh, or if it were, they were playing against a former team, he would play that player uh, against their former team and, and, you know, give them an opportunity to, to play in that building again against, you know, the former teammates. So doing that again here with Kyle Clifford, um, looks like he probably will end up drawing in. Obviously, we, we don't know exactly what the lineup is going to be. But if I would have to guess, I think it's probably Pierre Engvall who comes out. I, I think the Maple Leafs got a look-see at what Nick Ritchie looks like on that third line the other night in the victory over the Islanders. And it didn't go terrible. Like, was it amazing? No, but it was pretty good, and it resulted in a goal. So it's something that I can see them going back to and seeing if it's something that can work. Um, is it a long-term solution? Probably not. I'm not sure I see Nick Ritchie as a checking line player, which is what they want that third line to be. But for tomorrow, I think it would make sense. You know, you kind of keep that line the way that they were, and then you, you stick Kyle Clifford on the fourth line, and you take out uh, you take out Pierre Engvall, and then, you know, you could put Wayne Simmons on the power play to, you know, since Engvall's coming out, and I could put Clifford on the power play. But I think Wayne Simmons could end up going on the power play. He could get some time there. Um, you know, so there's there's some uh, a couple of options, I guess, that that they'll have to uh, to replace Engvall throughout the lineup. Um, but yeah, it looks like Kyle Clifford gonna make his debut tomorrow night in L.A. Uh, odds are Jack Campbell also gonna end up getting the start. He's a guy who is going to want to come up big because you know he didn't play too too well last time they played him. And you know, like I said, tomorrow we're gonna have our preview with Sarah Avampato. So uh, I'm not going to get into the preview too, too much here because I'll talk about it on tomorrow's show as well. But you know that Jack Campbell is going to want to have a massive bounce back performance after getting getting uh, you know the 5-1-L when they were in Toronto just a couple of weeks ago, one of the only blunder games that he's had all season long. And he's going to want to come back and have a good one. Um, so I would expect for him to start on Wednesday tomorrow but when we look forward into this road trip San Jose on Friday Anaheim on Sunday there's no back-to-backs here which is which is great which is um, awesome but I wonder if you give Joseph Wall a start in one of these games here on the road Um, I've kind of penciled in this this Friday game against San Jose as as a chance to get him some games 
or to get him a game that's not on, you know, the second half of a back-to-back and just kind of see how it goes. You know, I, I think it would be very beneficial for the Maple Leafs to, to figure out if Justin Wall came or Joseph Wall rather can be a trustworthy NHL goaltender, whether or not he's a starter or a backup remains to be seen. But, you know, I, I think giving him an opportunity to succeed by not playing him in night two of a back-to-back and seeing what he can get with fresh legs in front of him against a, a decent San Jose squad, um, I, I, I'm wondering if he's earned an opportunity, especially coming off a good road shutout against the Islanders, if they give him another opportunity this week um, in a non-back-to-back start, kind of give Jack Campbell just a little bit more rest, you know, give him that game on Wednesday against the Kings, because you know Jack Campbell's taking the net on Wednesday, and then you, you, you allow Wall to get that Friday start, and that gives Jack Campbell Thursday, Friday and Saturday as some rest before playing Anaheim Sunday night. So I think it gives him, you know, that much needed rest and, and, and allows Jack Campbell, who's played a lot of games, I believe he's played an NHL high um, in games this season, give him an opportunity to get some rest and get Joseph Wool a start there. But the one thing that I do want to say about this, and I guess I'll, I'll close with these opening uh, opening remarks before we move on to some overreaction and proper reaction is that this California road trip is no longer a walk in the park. You know, not that it ever was a walk in the park for the Maple Leafs. In fact, they typically do bad on the California road trip, despite the the King Sharks and Ducks being quite brutal the last few seasons. But, um, you know, these are three teams that are playing really, really well. You know, the Kings have won six of their last ten. The Sharks are winning games on the back of James Reimer, who I bet you any money will be starting this game Friday night uh, against the Sharks. I'll bet you any money that we see James Reimer and Optimus Rhyme taking on the Maple Leafs. He's having a fantastic season himself. And then uh, Anaheim, who right now is, is in a playoff position, playing some really good hockey. They've got Troy Terry, just snapped a 17-game point streak. There's a good chance that there's a a, a majority. Nah, you guys are probably really, really, you know, heavily involved hockey people who listen to this podcast. But there probably is a small segment of people who listen who are just diehard Leaf fans that aren't realizing the season that Troy Terry is having. This dude was on a 17 game point streak. 17 game point streak. Troy Terry, the guy's like 21 years old I think it's like his second full season in the NHL and here he is uh absolutely tearing it up you know up in the top 10 top 5 in scoring in the NHL it's 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 wild um Getzlas having a bit of a resurgence John Gibson's a quality goaltender you know they're a good team out in Anaheim they've got their young kids Trevor Zegras another one who's playing some solid hockey right now so none of these games are going to be a cakewalk they're going to be it's going to be a tough road trip just like it used to be um and, and for me when I look at all three of these games if the Maple Leafs can come away with four out of six points I think they're happy I think they're happy with four out of six on this this Western swing. Obviously, six out of six would be beneficial, but if they could come out with four, I think they're they're doing well. They're they're you know uh, it's a good start. They haven't played a lot of road games so far this year. They played a lot at Scotia Bank Arena. And if you can go and win two out of three on the California trip, you already got one in the in the game against the Islanders. So you're already off to a good winning start on your road trip. You take three out of four here. Next thing you know, you know it, it, you're 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 laughing when you get back to Toronto uh, next week. So, um, yeah. Those are kind of my thoughts on the the Western road trip before it gets underway. Like I said. 
tomorrow. We'll have Sarah Avampato on the show, and we're going to preview the game between the LA Kings and the uh, Maple Leafs. And then we got the Sharks on Friday and the Ducks on Sunday. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we get back, we'll do some overreactions or proper reactions and get to some of your listener questions. But before we get to any of that, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors, and that is BetOnline.ag. For my American friends, it's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means. Football, and nothing gets better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all your sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign in today and to receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On. Promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. It's not just football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of this amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. All right, welcome back into the podcast. Once again, I am Mike DiStefano from Locked On Leafs. And just a reminder that we are available everywhere you get your podcast. And make sure that you subscribe and make us your first listen of the day and a daily listen. Make us part of your routine. That would be greatly appreciated. Um, overreactions and proper reactions. So like I said, we are a quarter way through the season, 20 games through uh, the year. And it's time to now kind of sit back and think to ourselves, okay, where where are we as a team? Where is this? Where are we as a team? What are we overreacting to? What's a proper reaction? So I've got three kind of uh, reactions here, and I'm going to decipher whether or not they are proper or if it is an overreaction. Um, and the first one, you know, I, I, I get the sense, you know, I see a lot of people talking about this on Twitter, a lot of people talking about this on social media, Facebook, whatever it is. Um, they're worried about the lack of goal scoring right now from Austin Matthews, specifically um, at 5-on-5. At, at five five. So he's got uh, seven goals on the year, but just two goals of those have been at 5-on-5. Five five. Um, and, I mean, considering he's somebody who has led the league, the past, well, since he came into the NHL, actually, nobody has scored more goals at 5-on-5 five five than this guy. And he's currently, I believe, tied in 160th in the NHL, maybe even a little lower. That was as of yesterday. He was 160, so not quite putting up the same numbers that he's used to, uh, but if you're worried about his lack of goal scoring, guys, that is an overreaction. This is Austin Matthews. This is one of the best goal scorers in the NHL. I mean, he just won the Rocket Richard Trophy a year ago on pace for 65 goals. There's a lot of reasons why uh, you know you could explain why Austin Matthews' numbers have not been as great as they should. But the suggested numbers, based on analytics, and you know some people aren't quite big on analytics and, and expected stats and whatnot, because at the end of the day, you know it's not expected stats that wins the game; it's actual production. And I completely agree with that. I agree with you. But when you're talking about somebody, and if you're worried that maybe they've just you know aren't the player that they used to be. Um, I think it's a bit of an overreaction because Austin Matthews, based on you know where he's getting his chances, um, how many chances he's getting per game per sixty, and you know how many high danger chances, grade A scoring chances, how many posts he's hitting, you know how often he's just missing the net. A lot of that stuff factors in, and when you factor all that in, um, he's second in the NHL in expected goals at five on five. 
second in the NHL. So based on expected stats, and again, like I said, they're not everything, but this is a, a, a focal part of the argument for why you shouldn't be worried about Austin Matthews. But based on expected stats, he should be second in the NHL right now in goals at 5-on-5. Five five. Based on the expected stats and based on his shooting percentage, which is low, 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 like 3% shooting percentage in the NHL, or 3% shooting percentage at 5-on-5, five five, where his career average is typically 15%. So the law of averages say that he should have roughly 8 5 on 5 goals right now as we speak. He only has 2. Only has 2. So... You know, he should have a lot more. It would make a whole lot of sense. He leads the NHL in post-hit. You know, he's missing some shots, which could have to could have to do with just the fact that he was a little rusty early in the year um, because he came off of that surgery. So it's taken him a little bit to find a rhythm. But all of that leads me to believe that eventually these are going to come. The expected goals, the posts that he's hitting, you know, he's getting goalied by some some guys. Um, eventually, those chances and, and those high-grade chances are going to start falling. They're going to start ending up going into the back of the net. Um, he's not going to shoot 3% the whole season, you know, and, and but based on law of averages, again, it should go up about four and a half, uh, five times his goal scoring rate between what he's done through the first 20 and what he'll do the rest of the way just to get back to his career average in shooting. So, uh, it is an overreaction for Austin Matthews and his lack of production, um, his lack of goal scoring at the very least at five on five. Luckily though, he, uh, you know, he's been part of a red hot power play and, and he's passed adding his goals and eh, I don't know if he's staying really in the Richard race that maybe you know Dreisaitl was kind of running away with it at this point but uh, Austin Matthews I would not be worried about it I think it's an overreaction to be worried about Matthews production um, because it's only a matter of time before the the goal explosion comes here for uh, for young Tony uh, number two, overreaction or proper reaction to Jack Campbell being a Vesna caliber goaltender um, this is, I mean, I've talked about this a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. This is a, this is a proper reaction. I'm going to, this is absolutely a proper reaction. He is one of the best goalies in the NHL this season. Um, just quickly, I, I, I thought I had this pulled up, but obviously I do not. I'm pulling it up now and doing this thing that's called, uh, filling, as I try and, and put things in, and I have successfully filled enough time for me to pull up uh, this stat. But So Jack Campbell has played 16 games, more than anyone else in the NHL this season, goalies, more than any other goalies in the NHL this season. Um, he is one shy of the league lead in wins to... <sighs> Freddie Anderson, who leads the league with 11, but he's got 10 wins in those 16 games, and he leads the NHL in save percentage with a 944 save percentage, leads the NHL with a 166 goals against average. He has three shutouts on the season, which is second to only Jacob Markstrom, leads the NHL in goals saved above average, leads the NHL in goals allowed adjusted, and leads the NHL in goalie point share with four points. So Jack Campbell himself, himself, compared to any other regular average goaltender, has given his team or has earned his team four full points in the NHL. Um, when you take a look at point shares around the league, that's good for third. According to um, hockey reference here, 
and I'm not exactly, yeah, according to Hockey Reference, Jack Campbell has just, has earned just as many points for the Maple Leafs as Connor McDavid has for the Edmonton Oilers. So if you think that Connor McDavid is in contention for the MVP trophy, which he certainly is, um, along with Leon Dreisaitl, obviously, who actually leads this category with 5.1 uh, point share, but Connor McDavid, Jack Campbell currently tied with four points, um, points uh that they've earned their teams it's actually absolutely wild and Campbell 100 percent 100 percent is in contention as of now um and it's certainly it is not an overreaction to suggest that Jack Campbell is a Vesna caliber goaltender I think the big question mark is whether or not he could keep it up because a lot of us have always you know have always talked about like okay the bubble's got to burst at some point and I've tried to push back on that narrative like why does it have to burst what if this is what Jack Campbell is and he just keeps every single night he goes out there he keeps proving like yeah this is what I am I this is me I am a Vesna caliber goaltender um but again, there's always going to be skeptics until he puts in that full season. Uh, can he get enough starts? You know, that's another question that a lot of people had earlier in the year. And with the injury to Peter Mrazek, you know, Jack Campbell currently leading the NHL in goalie starts. Uh, I think he will end up this season with more than 50, probably around the 50 to 55 start range. And if he does do that, if he stays healthy and he, he continues to play at the same rate, the same level that he has over the first 20 games of the season, absolutely this guy it will be in contention for the, the, the Vesna Trophy and is a Vesna quality goaltender and uh, deserves to be paid uh so back up the brinks truck this man is going to get paid this summer i just hope it's with the maple leafs uh all right i've got one final reaction here and it is that nick ritchie the signing of nick ritchie is a bust um i think this is a proper reaction I really, really do think it's a proper reaction. Uh, he finally got his first point at 5-on-5 five five the other night. Uh, got the assist on the Kasha goal. You know, he has not looked very good in most games. I can point out to, like, two specific shifts where he has stood out. And that's not a good thing. If I can vividly only... If I can vividly remember a shift where I said, Oh, that was a great shift by that player. And can't really think of anything else he's done. That's not a good thing. That means he's done one... He had one good shift and that's it. And that shift... Didn't even result in a goal. It was a really good chance, but it didn't result in a goal. Um, but Nick Ritchie, to me, you know, signed for two years at two and a half million dollars. Uh, yeah, I think that signing was absolutely a bust. You know, they 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 had good intentions, I guess. They figured, you know, this is a guy who's got a big body, likes to likes to to work in front. You know, the the team was trying to score more rebound goals, more greasy goals, and they figured Richie's a guy who could work in front of the net, try and battle for for rebounds and and battle his way, you know, net front and try and get a couple of garbage goals. But just hasn't quite been the case yet for Nick Richie. Again, it's only twenty games in, so you know perhaps it can turn around. But nothing that he's really done suggests to me that he's going to. I just you know it just. Just might not be a, a a real NHL player at this point. Like, yeah, he probably is a fourth liner, I guess. But for the Maple Leafs, two million bucks for this year and next as a fourth liner, they can't afford that. The signing was a bust. He was expected to come in and play top line minutes with uh, with Austin Matthews and with Mitch Marner, and that's not what's happening. You know, he's he's had ample opportunity to seize a top six role with the Maple Leafs, and he has yet 
to seize it. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and call this signing a bust. And I think going out and getting a guy like Kyle Clifford, too, someone who could certainly take over for, for Nick Ritchie and his role in the lineup once everyone's healthy. Like, when McKayev gets here, I, I've I've often said this. I don't know if Nick Ritchie will, you know, still be in the lineup. Like, he may fall completely out of the lineup. And for someone making $2.5 bucks for this year and next, unacceptable. Unacceptable. Um, certainly is is a bust signing for Toronto. Uh, all right, so that was fun. Um, we'll have to do this again at the midway mark of the season coming up. Uh, after 41 games, we'll come back and we'll take a look at some more reactions and see if we're overreacting or if we got some proper reactions. But at that point, I think a lot of them uh, will probably be rather proper reaction because you'll be you know, it'll be pretty well half the season where I don't think there's too, too many things that uh, that could surprise you. Um, all right, we've got listener questions coming up next. But before we do that, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors. And that's a longtime sponsor of the podcast, and that's Bilt Bar. Uh, Bilt Bar, uh, I love Thanksgiving, all of the good foods and treats and plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert but isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Bilt Bars. Bilt Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie is upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Bilt Bars have only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with a coconut Bilt Bar, or go for the raspberry Bilt Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, high-protein, and cover in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for the Built Bar or two. Share some at your favorite gatherings. It will make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com. So check the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, they'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, uh, rounding up today's podcast, uh, and also just once more, uh, I'm Mike DiStefano, the host of the podcast, uh, a podcast in which is a daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast that you can download wherever you get your podcast from uh, and make us your daily, uh, make us part of your daily routine and make Lockdown Leafs the first listen of the day. Uh, take a look at some of the listener questions here. Just going to pull them up. I, I, I sent out a tweet the other day on the Twitter machine, and a couple of you guys uh, were really excited to, to get my thoughts on some questions, and, and there's some multi-questions in here within a question. So uh, I'm excited to see, uh, excited to um, get to these, and we'll start off with the first one. Um, this is from Matty Ray 44 He says, hey, AB, question. Was it Sheldon Keith, or what is it that Sheldon Keith sees in Engvall that has him continually in the lineup? What's his status? Can he be sent down and uh, and bring up a young player from the Marlies? At least he deserves a seat in the press box for a while. 
And uh, Maddie, it's funny that you say that because, you know, like I, I alluded to earlier in the podcast, it looks like Kyle Clifford is going to be, it, it has been called up officially um, as of the earlier today and will most likely be in the lineup tomorrow. And for me, I think Pierre Engvall is the guy who probably comes out. Now, I have not been uh, as critical uh, on Pierre Engvall as most. I've actually liked him more than I haven't in games this season while playing with that third line. Um, he's someone who's absolutely useless once he gets the puck on his stick, unfortunately. But, you know, he hasn't been making too, too many mistakes, uh, which is something that, you know, has been a mis- uh, an issue with him in the past. But he's somebody who's getting a lot of opportunities. And he's somebody who, you know, if he had any finish whatsoever, you know, Pierre Engvall probably would be a more useful player. But unfortunately, uh, the guy's yet to find the back of the net. Um or maybe he does have one. I think he has one goal, actually, uh, this season. I think he scored on the power play. But the guy's got, like, almost no finish. <laughs> Literally no finish in him. Um, so, I, you know, I think it's just the fact that he's a useful piece. You know, he's someone who, you know, he's a big body who can skate well. Um, and you can play him on the power play. He can kill penalties a little bit. You know, he's, he's, he's a decent fourth liner, I think, uh, for, for Sheldon Keefe. And he's somebody who Sheldon Keefe has known for a long time, obviously, when they had that uh, that that um, Calder Cup run in the playoffs a couple of years ago for the Marlies. You know, he was a, a, a piece that certainly was uh, used a lot for Sheldon Keefe. So he has a lot of trust in him, I think. Um, as for if he can be sent down, uh, well, he can be, but he would have to go through waivers and he's making $1.2 million. Would it be the worst thing if that contract got taken off the books? Perhaps not, perhaps not, but you know, I, I, I still think that he's a decent depth player. Um, so I, I don't think he'll get sent down. I don't anticipate it happening either. Uh, but a seat in the press box might be might be coming up for him. So uh, hopefully that makes you happy, Maddie. That uh, you'll get your wish. And uh, it, it looks like Pierre Engvall. There's a possibility that he could be in the press box uh, for tomorrow night's game against the Kings. If not him, then I would anticipate it probably would be Nick Ritchie. Uh, but one of those two are going to be sitting in the press box uh, for uh, for at least one game. All right. Uh, next question. This one coming from Ryan Doc. It's uh, at uh, Usha Way Ego. Ucha Way Uch Away Ego. Nah, totally butchering that. But it's it's Ryan Doc. I think is the name of this individual uh, on Twitter. Um, he says this is exciting. I'm a big fan of the show. Oh, thank you so much, Ryan. Appreciate that. Uh, what's happening with Josh Hosang? Is he likely to get some NHL minutes anytime soon? Where does Clifford fit in when he's uh, fit and ready to go? And also asks, uh, what can we expect Mrazek? When can we expect Mrazek back and for how long this time? Uh, a couple of those questions I I, I, I can't answer. Uh, the Mrazek one we'll start with. I don't know exactly when he will be back. I think I saw the target date was, what, December 4th, I believe, was the date that I saw. However, I did see that he is practicing with the team. Um, he is on the road trip right now. I believe we saw him go on the road trip last time as well when he was hurt. And then he, he, he started a game not too long after, and he, he re-injured himself. I, I, I can't ask 
you know, how long he'll be back for. Like, I can't answer that question um, at all, obviously. It's it's his body. Only he knows when he will be back. And, and uh, you know, only he knows if his body will give out on him. I can't make that call. Uh, but hopefully he's back rather soon. Um, as, as fun of a story as Justin Mole has been, I think obviously Peter Morazic would give the Maple Leafs a better, better chance to win on any given night than Joseph Wall. That said... You know, that's that's a hefty contract at three point eight million bucks. And if Jack Campbell's the guy and you know you gotta pay Jack Campbell, you know, maybe Mrazic isn't somebody who will be around long term and getting him back in the lineup, showing that he can be an NHL goaltender would probably be um the first step in trying to get that contract off the books, trying and work out a trade with somebody who'll be looking for uh, a starting goaltender or at least a, a tandem like goalie. Um but yeah, I can't call I can't call it when he'll be back or or for how long, but I can say that I did see that he was on the ice working with goalie coach De Briere uh today in uh, in Los Angeles. As for the Kyle Clifford question, uh where does he fit in and when he's ready and fit to go? Well, like I said earlier too, another update that kind of just organically came uh, came out here to answer that question. Um, you know, he's he's up with the Leafs. Look like he's going to play tomorrow night. And, I mean, he's a fourth liner. That That's what Kyle Clifford is. He's a, he's an energetic fourth liner who go out there. He'll, you know, he'll lay the body. You know, he'll, he'll you know, energize the, the crowd and energize the, the his team by dropping the mitts if need be. You know, so he's not yeah, – he's, he's – just a fourth liner. That's really where he's going to fit, I think. It'll be Clifford, Spezza, and uh, and Wayne Simmons. So it'll be kind of a, a veteran line there for them, I would assume, tomorrow night in Los Angeles. As for the Josh Hosang question, this is an interesting one because Josh Hosang, I don't know if you guys saw this, but he had an unreal, Unreal highlight reel game winner the other night in overtime for the Marlies. If you haven't been tracking what he's been doing down there, he's almost a point per game. He's got uh, eight goals, 12 points in 13 games for the Marlies, and he did score that ridiculous goal um, to win it in overtime the other night. Look, I, I, it's, I don't know. As of now, he is not signed to an NHL deal. He is still only signed to an AHL deal. Um, so he would need to sign a, an NHL contract. And then there's even the thing about, I believe if, if he signs an NHL deal, he will have to go through re-entry waivers as well, where a team could possibly, you know, sign him, I guess, or, or claim him off of waivers. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what ends up happening there. I suppose. I don't want to... All right, let's get back to the original the original question here. I'm just trying to find it uh, really quickly here, and I don't know why I've lost it here again. Oh yeah, what's happened, Josh? O saying is he likely to get some NHL minutes anytime soon? Right. So to get back to all that, um, you know, right now he's 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 tearing it up in the in the American League, and we saw that happen last year with Alex Galchenyuk. He you know came and, and he played well in the American League, and then eventually um, he got the call up. He got the the call up to come and play in the show. Could that happen with Josh Hosang? Perhaps. Perhaps it could. The thing with Hosang, though, is he's probably a top six or bust type player. Um, so I I just, when it comes to, to him, where, where is he going to fit? Can he, can he play? 
on the left side. I know he's he's a, a righty who plays on the right side, but he's certainly not going to get in the lineup over Marner. Definitely not over Nylander. Probably not over Kashe. Kasha, so, you know, I guess he might get some time on the fourth line just to give him some minutes, but overall, I think in order for him to play in the NHL and get some NHL time, he's probably going to have to play on the left side. Now, um, admittedly, I haven't watched any of the Marlies games this season, but if I were them, I would be toying with him on the left side just to you know, make sure that he's capable of doing it, and perhaps they are. Perhaps they are. I probably... You know, I, I should text. Uh, I should text. You know, a couple of buddies who I know who cover the team, and they could probably let me know pretty quick. But um, overall, you know, he seems to be really humbled by this experience from going down and playing in the minors. Uh, you know, everything that I've heard is that he's taken it, you know, really, really well. He's playing well. He's not. You know, the thing with him has always been there. There's been baggage when it comes to Hosang, and this season it seems like there's not. I haven't heard about anything. In fact, there's actually been a couple of really nice articles written about Hosang, and uh, you know, it seems like he's kind of got things worked out and got a good head on his shoulders and playing some really quality hockey. So, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and say yes. I believe he will eventually get some NHL minutes this season. Uh, he still is going to have to sign a a a contract with the Maple Leafs, an NHL contract. Well, that's a one way or a two way. I don't know, but it'll probably be at you know league men or whatever when he eventually does uh, does if he does sign one. But I think at some points Josh Hosang will earn a look from the Toronto Maple Leafs and earn a a a contract and get some NHL minutes. So. That's going to be my prediction right here on Lockdown Leafs. I think it will happen, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, Ryan, that answers your question. Uh, last one here from Matty Rockets 34 um, Which cap casualty do you wish you could bring back to Toronto? Interesting question. So, um, earlier today on, on my show, Leafs Lunch, we kind of talked about Nazem Kadri. And, you know, the tear that he's on. And if you were given a do-over, which trade would you, you know, which move, signing, trade, whatever, would you do over if you were Kyle Dubas? And, you know, got a lot of Nazem Kadri deals, got a lot of, uh, you know, wouldn't sign John Tavares to that mega deal. Uh, you know, the negotiations for Mitch Marner, a lot of stuff. But this one's a little interesting. Which of the cap casualties would you bring back so um the Maple Leafs have had a lot of cap casualties realistically and I'm not going to consider Zach Hyman a cap casualty I'm going to consider guys who they've traded away um you know who are still under contract those type of cap casualties so Kasperi Kapanen, Connor Brown, uh, Andreas Janssen um who else have they they gotten rid of that might uh that might be it now that I think about it like in terms of real casualties those might be it the guys who are signed to longer to deals with term and uh and and with half decent amount of money on them and to me I think it'd be Connor Brown to be quite honest with you Connor Brown has been spectacular for the Ottawa Senators last couple of seasons I mean he's a guy who could put up 20 goals a year play solid two-way play he could be that that missing piece on the third line here alongside Camp and Kashe. He, he could kill off penalties he could play on the second power play unit ahead of a guy like Pierre Engvall I think Connor Brown would be the perfect pl- player to kind of um 
you know, come in and help with this this Maple Leafs team uh, when it comes to, you know, those guys who Toronto had to trade away, you know, had to move on from in order to get all of these contracts done. Um, Andres Janssen's having a really good year, too out in uh, out in in New Jersey he's having a solid solid season so he's somebody too could play you know third line minutes maybe he's somebody actually even Connor Brown now that I think about it Connor Brown he had a 20 goal season playing alongside uh, Austin Matthews back in the rookie seasons but Andres Janssen had some success playing with him as well and he's somebody who maybe would be a really good fit on that top line now with Zach Hyman gone maybe Janssen could be that player in the top six that they're missing who could provide a little bit more offense um so maybe even I might be switching my I'm gonna switch it to Andres Janssen now that I think about it I, I you know Janssen would provide this team with more secondary offense than Connor Brown would. Um, so I'm going to actually go with Andreas Janssen. Final answer. <laughs> but there's a couple guys, right? Like Janssen, I mean, Kapanen's, uh, you know, another great player. Connor Brown just goes to show how much Toronto really had to sacrifice in order to uh, to, to keep the to keep the core four. And uh, now it's, it's the Fab Five. So I wonder who is going to have to be a cap casualty this year. Hopefully it's not Jack Campbell, um, a casualty in the way that Hyman was a year ago. Uh, hopefully it's 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 a guy like Morazic or a guy like like Nick Ritchie. But in order to get a contract signed for for Jack Campbell this year, they're probably going to have to move on from somebody with term. And and you know it seems like one of those two would be less of a casualty than. Uh, <laughs> that Brown or, or, or Johnson or Kapanen uh, ended up being. Then again, at the time when Johnson was traded, I really wasn't that upset. But now seeing him flourish in New Jersey, I think slightly different about it now. Maybe he would be a nice little depth piece, nice little secondary scoring for Toronto that could certainly play up in the top six on the left side. Uh, all right, that's going to do it here for today's podcast. Uh, hope you listen. Um, I- I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mika underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Lockdown Leafs. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. We're going to preview the game myself along with Lockdown Kings host Sarah Avampato. We'll be previewing it and I'll also be giving you my best bets of the game. So make sure that you tune back in tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.